T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The Red Sox, 93.7 WEIFM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Search and browse more privately. Download the free DuckDuckGo app today. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. You're listening to The Bradfoe Show on Boston Sports Original. WEI. This is our choice. <laughs> you were going down just the right road, man. Like with Green Day. I was just trying to get some variety. Going a little bit, you know? This isn't like cereal. Like, I don't care. This is, we're, we're trending in the right direction. Well, I, 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 out of the gate, you know, the first thing I'm going to ask, downtown boots in the ground, Ian Brown of MLB.com, is what his walking music would be. All right, Ian. You there, uh, Ian? How are you? You're in San Francisco. You are in San Francisco in the shadow of Alcatraz. Um, what what would be your walking music, Ian? I've never asked you. We've known uh, each other forever. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Back in the Saddle by Aerosmith. Oh, can we, can we pull that one up? All right. We'll pull that one up before <laughs> you leave. <laughs> All right. As I said, Ian Brown, MLB.com, one of the finest journalists, journalists in our country's history. Um, and, um, uh, fortunately he is, uh, graced us with a phone call from, was it Oracle park? Is that right? Correct. Oracle park. And I just want to preface this by saying I agreed to do a, a interview last night with a San Francisco radio station after the game. Uh, I was on for 30 minutes, so what? hopefully this won't be, uh, <laughs> 30, 30 minutes, Rob, no commercials. It was unbelievable. 30 minutes. Straight. Had you already filed your uh, story? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fortunately. Uh. Oh man! I mean, because you know why? Because you were good. They wanted to keep you on. Uh, but we were respecting. Yeah, right. We were respecting your time. Also, we have Chris Hatfield of Sox prospects coming up a little bit later. Um, all right, flat out. What do we got? What's today? What's What's the takeaway? Give me your power rankings of coreisms today. Yeah, I mean, he sort of laid out the Chris Dale plan. Um, he's going to go at least two uh, rehab starts, probably only two. Honestly, uh, he said three innings on Tuesday. Uh, Syracuse, and then I'm guessing um, another one uh, on the following Sunday. So that positions him to, to come back. Uh, I think I figured out it was like Friday the 11th would be uh, around when you would see him back with the Red Sox. So they're really kind of – it's interesting because we know how conservative they've been with him over and over the last few years. They're really sort of fast-tracking this one. So it just shows kind of the urgency of this. They want to take advantage of Sale, you know, while he's healthy, you know, to be honest. Yeah, can I tell you – so I talked to Sale – just talking with him, 
and he he basically said that he, I think he this is he's behind a lot of this too, which is he's like listen yeah. like if I'm gonna pitch what what's the difference you know I'm gonna pitch in Worcester I'm gonna pitch in the major leagues I'm gonna pitch and so yeah, make, the, yeah go ahead and, and the fact that they're using openers like twice a week anyway I mean I think Chris Sale's gonna be uh, no offense to Brendan Bernardino has done a great job mm-hmm. at the opener but I think uh, you'll take Chris Sale over just about anybody else. You know, as an opener, until you you build him up, and then he can have regular starts. Do you think that? Do you think that? They, so when we sit here, let's say by the time Sale comes back, okay, what do you think the rotation looks like? Do you think they're going to keep riding and dying with this Bernardino and Pavetta thing? Which I'm not even saying that in a derogative way. Like I think that maybe they've latched onto something. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's to be to be honest. I think it's very much in flux. Right now, and Alex Cora's whole thing today was we got to get through Tuesday. We got to get through the trading deadline, and then we'll map out how we're going to progress Hauk, how we're going to pro- progress Whitlock, and even uh, Sale to a degree. So I think you know there, a lot hinges on this trade deadline. I mean, is Paxson still going to be here? Um, you know, if he is, then it's obviously Sale, ba- Sale, Paxson, Bayo would be a, a good three man in the rotation. Then you see how you fill it out after that. But I just sense there's a lot of moving parts right now. Um, with the front office, different scenarios they're playing out. So it's really hard to even speculate what they're going to do until we get to to uh, Tuesday. So uh, before I ask you the rest of Cora today, uh, you were kindly sent that sound to us from pregame yesterday, which we played a little bit, which uh, I'm paraphrasing, but Cora has said some people aren't going to really like the way we do it, but we're going to land in a good spot. What was your takeaway when you heard that? <laughs> My takeaway was that I wouldn't feel good if I was like James Paxson uh, hearing that that uh, sound. I mean, they're probably going to do some things where you're going to be like initially be like a little like, you know, are they really buying if they're um, trading James Paxson? I think they're sort of just maximizing not just this year, as Hein Bloom said the other day, but uh, beyond this year. So everything they do, um, this isn't a go for broke year for the Red Sox. They're you know they'd like to go make a playoff run, they, but they're not like going to throw all their chips on the table to win the World Series this year. They're going to hedge their bets a little bit. They're going to do a little adding. They're going to do a little subtracting. And I think what he's saying is you might, you know, you might see an established player or two go, maybe a Paxton, maybe a Duvall, or or even Verdugo. Um, so I think that's reading between the lines. I think that's what uh, Alex Gore was saying yesterday. You know what you could do, Ian, is because I've been trying to figure out playing this game, is that you trade Paxton, right? The market obviously needs starting. This it's it's one of the toughest things for teams to get right now. Especially Paxton's good. I mean, he's good. He's yeah. He's one of the better starters. He's a rental. Um. So so you trade him. You get a useful piece of the foundation going forward, and then you turn around. And I'm just gonna mention Rich Hill's name because uh, for lack of a better option. But you turn around. You pay something that's a lot less. Whatever you get back for Paxton to fill in the gap with Rich Hill or someone like that, and then you you come out the winner. Um, I could see that happening. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about Rich Hill the other day. He'd be uh, not just because we all like him, which we do, but he, he'd be a perfect fit for this team. Uh, he's been through it before. <clears throat> you can use him, Robin, in in any role really, from you know a five inning starter to an opener to somebody who can pitch uh, in the middle of the game, a bulk inning guy, whatever. Um, he, he's obviously comfortable in the market, so he, he'd be a great fit. But yeah, I can absolutely see trading Paxton. We all all know how much Heimblub loves his prospects. There's no reason not to keep deepening that farm system, and then, um, like you say, f- uh, filling in with another starter. Um, so I think that they will come out of this getting at least one starter at the deadline. All right. What else we got from Cora? Anything? 
Um, just Yoshida. Was in, you know, every day they're playing this game, Rob, where they, you know, at least through Tuesday when the trade deadline happens, is a guy who has to sit every day. Mm-hmm. And that guy is Yoshida today, and it wasn't just because it was his turn to sit. It was because Alex Cora's been seeing a lot of ground outs lately, and that's a telltale sign that he's tired. You know, that whole thing about going to Oakland and back, then going back to San Francisco, he's still not – you know, he, the Japanese – Travel schedule is completely different than uh, over here, so he's still getting used to that. So you might see Yoshida out not just today, but tomorrow also. Um, he said Hauk threw a bullpen yesterday. Whitlock threw one um, tomorrow. And they're, they're progressing pretty fast, too, just like say, I get the sense the Red Sox are being aggressive here. They really they, they sent a chance to get into the playoffs. And, uh, you know, Cora said he would lay out all the plans. Reese McGuire, we could see him on Monday uh, in Seattle. He's going to play nine innings today and tomorrow for Worcester. And, so we, think, and, we, and we think well. Trevor's story probably Friday when they get back, right? I would say, yeah, Friday the 4th is the uh, the day you'll probably see him uh, come back. And, uh, yeah, so things are uh, a, lot of, a lot of balls moving, a lot of balls in the air uh, for the Red Sox right now. You know, Yoshida is like an interesting guy because you're right. They, 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 they basically say when you start grounding out to second, we're going to arrest you. And and yeah. he, he's a guy that hadn't played. Yeah, I mean, he just, hasn't played in the field. They knew this coming in. They this is a guy that hadn't played yeah. in the field as much as they needed him to play in the field. And they're being ultra careful with him, right? Yeah, it's kind of like funny. He goes on these tears, and then when he has a bad game, it's literally like ground up, ground up, ground up. Maybe a pop up. You know, it's just like oh, he just becomes like a completely uh, different guy. So I think that they did a lot of homework on him with the the coaches in the and with his team in Japan, Oryx. And they they have a really good feel for for how to handle him. They've done a, a really nice job uh, with handling him. And the other the other thing to come out of court today is that Corey Kluber is going to be shut down. Um, he's just not feeling great right now, so uh, they're going to wait that out and see if if he gets better. So that, that's the other one from from Alex's session today. Well, there you go. So and and by the way, so you mentioned Yoshida. I, I looked yeah. up the rookie of the year odds for Tristan Cassis today. Still no love for him. I, I mean, I got to check again, but he was like six. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, man, he's not that far off. If he keeps going this way, I don't know if I, yes or no, yes or no. Does he have a chance for rookie of the year? And I'm not saying, of course, he yeah, has a chance. I mean, he, do you think that he actually will be considered in the top two when the year ends? I think he he absolutely could be. I mean, he's the best hitter in baseball uh, since the All Star break. I mean, the numbers all bear that out so if he kind of keeps hitting like this yeah he's going to hit himself right into that race and as far as Yoshida the fact that he himself said that he doesn't deserve to be rookie of the year uh, he's not a rookie he played in Jap- uh, Japan for years I mean I think that carries some weight that you know he shouldn't be you know Alex Cora also said that he's not a rookie so I think that should uh, carry some weight with voters that he's really uh, not a rookie in any way no I-, I hear you so give me your top thing that you've done out there top thing about going to San Francisco it's a good, good spot. Well, is is, is oh, oh, yeah. e- easily was uh, the the night I got here, um, sitting with my good friend Allison Butter at uh, Pier Twenty Three. Rob, we were we, this. Uh, we were just sitting right on the water, literally. Like if the if the wooden deck had collapsed, there, I would have been. I would have been swimming. Oh uh, man, it's nice out. The weather's <laughs> nice there. It's funny. It's a thir- like thirty degrees. I mean, it's probably a little cooler for you. It's like thirty degrees cooler than it is there. I mean, it's been <laughs> mid, uh, low to mid sixties. 
But I, I actually like this weather. But uh, you'd probably be a little cold. You'd have on. I know you always have like the, the uh, fleece pullover type of thing. You'd have you'd have two of them on out here. Yeah. Well, people are afraid of the triceps. That's why. Um, all right. Yeah, Ian, right. Well, my gift to you, downtown boots on the ground, Ian Brown, is to play your walking music as walkout music. Here we go. Play it. Oh. Uh, all right, this is let's, this is you running out of the bullpen in the media game, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> it's taking a little bit longer than I anticipated. <laughs> I, <laughs> Here we go. Come on, jack it up. <laughs> all, right. all right, Ian, next time you come on, I promise we'll have that ready to go. All right, sounds good, Rob. All right, all right, great. Downtown Ian Brown. Downtown Boots on the Ground, Ian Brown, giving us the live report from from uh, Oracle Park from San Francisco. But you know what? Uh, you, can, you, can, you can put some of that information in your trending if you want. There you go. Have you been updating the trending? Yeah. Okay. I know yeah. you are. I, I can see it in your eyes. You're not going to just roll out the 11 a.m. trending anymore. <laughs> uh, and by the way, I should note that there was a pretty bad scene in the Toronto Angels game where uh, Ward got hit in the face by uh, a Manoa fat. I think it was a fastball. But um, yeah, so I we'll keep an eye on that. But that's happened obviously a little too often this year. Not only with Justin Turner, but a couple other guys. Um, so. Right now, that score, and Red Sox fans would want to know this because that's a big series. Toronto is leading the Angels 2-1 to one in the sixth inning. But, 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 more importantly, we're going to give you the local what to know, the what's what. And that's where this trending right now. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The Bradfoe Show on WEEI. Boston's Sports Original. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Ball game over. And the Red Sox have won their fifth straight game. It was the Tristan Casas Show here tonight in San Francisco. He launched a titanic Bonzian blast. And the Red Sox beat the Giants 3-2. That's a good win here for the Red Sox. You mentioned the Tristan Casas Show 
What about also core pinch hitting Ref Schneider for a guy like Duran that's been on fire, but he kills lefties. He ends up getting that big knock in the eighth to extend that lead to three to one, and they needed every bit of it. All right, there you go. Even flow. Right? Jack it up. All right, there you go. Doesn't, I, don't, I like it. I don't know if I would use it for my walking music, though. No good. All right, let's go to Chris Hadfield, SoxProspects.com. One of our favorites, favorites of all time. Chris, you got to give me your walking music. I asked Ian Brown it. What was Ian's? I can't even remember now. Uh, it was... Was it ACDC? Yeah, sure. Okay. You got one, Chris? <laughs> well, so I'm from Salem, New Hampshire originally, and my understanding is Godsmack is from Salem, New Hampshire as well. So that, that they've always kind of had a special place in my heart for, like, if you're going to go aggro, walk-up music to use a, a Godsmack song maybe. So All right. I'd probably go that way. Well, maybe, maybe keep away. Well, we pay we pay and walk out music. So when we finish okay. this thing out, we'll give you a little Godsmack. Um, all right, all right. We pay in T-shirts, hugs, smiles, and walkout music. Um, so, Chris, uh, it's a wild yes, time. It's a wild time for you. It is. Um, I want to go back. I want to go back first. This is the anniversary of the Kyle Schwarber trade, um, and okay. also cool. the Anthony Rizzo trade. So um, I'm looking up now. I'm totally drawing a blank on the je- young gentleman that they traded for Kyle Schwarber. Um, uh, uh, that would be Aldo Ramirez. Aldo Ramirez, and Tommy John, yeah, yes. Tommy John. So yes. and, and yeah, then, I think he's pitched since, which is kind of wild, but yes, <laughs> I know. And so with so that deal, they do um, Alex Scher for for um, uh, for Hansel Robles. You have, and then you yeah, have, yes. and then you have um, Michael Chavis for Austin what Davis, and um, yes. yeah. So when you when. From your perspective, as someone who follows the prospects mm-hmm. like nobody's business, from your perspective, yes. when you heard that deadline, what was your take? Were you like, oh, man, they gave up nothing? Or did you feel like, oh, they gave up something? And it's okay. Like, we all think – like, I, I remember Scherf coming out and be like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, he was – they paid him a lot more money. He was a high school kid. and his He had hit the, the, mm-hmm. the machines are really, like, liking his stuff. And so, anyway, what was your perspective of it looking back at that? On that deadline, it's kind of funny because I have a pretty distinct memory of it because I was like at a friend's place in Ocean City, Maryland, as all this was going down, and I was trying to subtly like keep track while also not being a terrible guest. Um, but that that deadline, you know, look, Ramirez was in our top ten at Sox prospects at that point. I think we had him at number nine. He was a guy that was kind of off the radar. And the thing is, at this time of year, Rob, as you well know, you have guys that are moving up the prospect rankings that like. MLB Pipeline, and we, were, we actually had Jim Callis on our podcast recently, and he was kind of talking with us about this, and it might have been before we recorded, but it's like, at this time of year, they haven't updated their top 30s yet. And people don't really get that because they remove guys who graduate, and they add guys behind them, but they don't redo the rankings. So it's like, if you're just looking at MLB.com, you don't really have the up-to-date ranking. And that's not throwing shade at them at all. It's just it's almost like not fair to them because with the way the draft falls now, it's just really hard to cover the draft and update a top 30, Mm. right? So we had Aldo Ramirez at nine, and I think we were just kind of ahead of the curve on that, where we were like, all right, they're giving up something, but like for Schwarber, sure. Like this is a piece you need. You don't need a lot. Like 
you got to give up something to get something. So I think we were okay with that deadline. I mean, Chavis didn't have any spot on the team at that point. You know, I mean, it was kind of, it, it, you know, Bobby Dahlbeck is in kind of a similar situation now where it's just like there's really no fit on the MLB roster. Um, and then, you know, Scherf was just kind of a, he was a reliever at that point. He didn't, he, he, bizarrely, he didn't pitch the rest of the year for, I think for the twins. Yeah. That was weird. Did he really? Interesting. Yeah. It was, I mean, he was kind of like, you know, popping a little bit as a relief prospect potentially, but like that, you know, sure. For an MLB reliever, I'm good. That works. Yeah. Cool. Like, so that deadline, I think they, they did a good job of getting value for guys without giving up anything you really regretted giving up at that point. So let me ask you this, Chris, um, since mm-hmm. now, I don't know if you know this, now the trade deadline is Tuesday. Um, so yes, uh, uh, so yes, we are talking about this. And what is the guy, like we talk about Meyer, we talk about, let's take those guys off the board. Let's take the guys, the no-brainers off the sure. board. For you, who is the guy that you think, don't give up that guy? Don't give up that guy because I value him maybe even more than, than people know. So the, the, I think there are three guys that I don't see them giving up. Myers, the fairly obvious one. Don't need to get into that. I think Miguel Blase. They they can't give up at this point because he has uh, he got hurt a few months ago. He had uh, a left I think left shoulder, but a shoulder subluxation. He had surgery, done for the year. You, you, there's no way you can get appropriate value for Miguel Blase right now as a potential future five tool guy. Um, he wasn't having the best year before he got hurt, but it's also just like it's really hard to trade a prospect with that kind of ceiling who was injured. So I just can't see a trade for him making sense. The third guy that I think might be off the board is Roman Anthony. He's mm. going to be number two almost certainly in our rankings when we update um, on at the beginning of August. Uh, he has really been the breakout prospect of the system this year. He was their draft. He was their third draft pick last year. Um, he wasn't their first rounder. He wasn't their first compensation round pick. He was their second compensation round pick, but they gave him the biggest bonus of anyone they drafted last year. And he has really popped this year. He was kind of under the radar in Salem. The numbers didn't jump off the page unless you had access to things like in zone contact and exit velocity and, and chase rate and things like that. The teams are really focusing on this year in terms of or not this year, but at this point in terms of metrics they look at. And they promoted him to Greenville, and sure enough, he immediately started just destroying the ball. Um, he's going to be number two for us next month. Again, I, I have a hard time seeing them giving him up and getting anything close to appropriate value just because I don't think they're going to be on the market for the type of player you would give up Roman Anthony for, yeah. right? Because that's the big part of it is, like, they're not going to be on the market to make, like, another Chris Sale deal, right? Like, when you make the Chris Sale deal, you give up Yon Moncada and you give up Michael Kopech. For the types of players they're going to give up, they're going to be looking for at this trade deadline. You're not going to give up a guy of that kind of. I think Roman Anthony is going to be a consensus top 50 prospect this off season. Um, he really has popped in a big way, and, and and I think that's where he's going to be nationally. I think he's going to be, you know, pretty consensus top guy in, in the game uh, when everything is is said and done at the end of the off season when those lists get updated. So those right. are the three guys that I think may be off the table. No, it's uh, there's three good ones. And and Chris Hatfield, SoxProspects.com is joining us. And Chris, you know, um, I want to get to Rafaela in a second. But the the, the guy uh-huh. that like when you talk about what is the highest end guy that they put, could potentially give up, and that would sign that would signal that they are actually yeah. getting uncomfortable for the first time. For they don't they don't really like to get uncomfortable. I don't think in terms of mm-hmm. dealing top end prospects because they didn't feel like they had enough of them. But Nick York is a guy who would be seemingly blocked in some ways, um, maybe not, mm-hmm. but but you know seemingly, and and he's 
perceived as a pretty good prospect, but yep. But how do you see his value in baseball right now, or in a potential trade? Yeah, York is kind of tough because when you have guys who have the one tool that they rely on, and in York's case, it's the hit tool, right? And he's now kind of a couple years out from really showing this kind of potential to plus-plus hit tool. Last year, he had a down year. We've talked about it. He was hurt, but he also, when he was playing, wasn't really showing it. And this year, he recovered in a big way, but we're... You know, it, the profile is weird. He's a second base only guy at this point. Doesn't really project to play it at a at a at a great level. And in the post shift era, there's a lot more defensive pressure on the position of second base, right? So you can't really hide a guy at second by just playing your shortstop on the other side of the bag. Um, so defensively, he doesn't project to add a ton of value. There's some pop there potentially. His his in zone whiff rate has kind of been a little bit higher than you would think. This year, despite the numbers he's putting up, I don't think the team is particularly concerned about it. And it's not like it's off the charts to the point where you think he's going to start striking out and he's not striking out. But, you know, there is a little bit of concern of, you know, Ian Cundell, our director of scouting, has been up to Portland a fair amount. He's like, he'll, he'll just swing through pitches that, mm-hmm. like, he shouldn't be swinging through. You know, and he, he the numbers are good. He's hitting. You know, I'm not trying to, to, to knock the guy down or anything like that. I think it's just going to depend on what teams think when they see him and what kind of metrics they're paying attention to. I, you know, York and Rafaela, I think, are kind of the top two guys that they would be willing to deal in the right move. Mm. It's going to just depend on what they're in for. Like, are they trying to get that number three type starter? You know, are they going above the the kind of Michael Lorenzen, you know, Paul Blackburn kind of starting pitcher range and, and trying to go above that to really get an arm that is going to be in that playoff rotation holding an important spot? Yeah. Right. Maybe that's the type of guy they'd be willing to give up. Yeah, I mean, um, so you, I you're talking. I'm sorry, could be on the radar. No, you're talking about like the Mitch Kellers. I mean, you're talking about controllable guys, sure. and and that's where yeah. we say like it'd be they to this point they don't like getting uncomfortable with those deals, but you know, mm-hmm. it, it, but you know, if you want to build the foundation for the rotation, that's the only way you're going to do it. But I want to talk about Rafaela, um, not necessarily mm-hmm. about trade value, but about sure. what what so. A very real scenario here is one of these two outfielders mm-hmm. get dealt from the major league team, Duvall or Verdugo. And so mm-hmm. if you do that, then Rafaela, I would I would assume, would be next in line. So you have the answer much more than I do to this question. It, is that putting <laughs> okay. cart before the horse a little bit when it comes to his development? Is he ready for something like that? Because obviously I don't think they would lean on him dramatically, mm-hmm. like go be an everyday player, and we know what he can do defensively. But is that a scenario sure. you could see being viable for them? Maybe. And I hate to give the lawyer answer to no, it's all good. Here, here's the thing. He's he's raking right now in AAA. If, if the month ended right now, he might be our, our player of the month for July. Um, he's had a really good month in AAA. He's hitting the ball really hard. Um, the chase rate is still pretty high. I know we've talked about that a number of times. That's the bugaboo for Rafaela. But that said, when they stopped trying to make him stop chasing pitches, that's when he took off in AA and earned the promotion, and he hasn't really stopped hitting since. Um, he's an exciting player. He can run. He can play defense. Because of all of the other things he does on the field, there is not a lot of pressure on the bat. Imagine if, like, 
Jackie Bradley was a plus runner, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I mean, that's the type of and, – and could play shortstop, by the way, <laughs> which yeah. is a wild thing. You know, when, when you, you just traded away Kike Hernandez, a guy who could cover middle infield theory and center field while, you know, taking up only one spot on the roster – there's a pretty clear analog with Rafaela there, right? Um, you know, I kind of poo-pooed someone on Twitter recently who suggested Rafaela might come up in September even mm. when the roster expands by a couple of players. But the more I've thought about it, like, you get a lot more value of him as the, the 14th bench guy or the 14th hitter in the number of things he can do. He can pinch run. He can play defense in the outfield and the infield. And he's not an empty stick. Right, he's got the little bit of surprising pop for a guy his size. I think there's value there. It would not surprise me. He's already on the forty man. He definitely could come up. It would not surprise me in the least if that wound up happening. I kind of hope they do because he's an exciting player. I think he's a player that fans will really like, so long as he's not getting himself out chasing pitches, you know, six inches off the plate. Yeah, I'm glad you gave us that perspective because I've been thinking a lot about that because I do think there's a very real chance that they move on from one mm-hmm. of those two guys. And if you do that, you have to obviously fill in there. And he's if uh, other than maybe advancing it a little bit quick with a bat. Still, everything else you mm-hmm. mentioned, the versatility. All right, the last thing, Chris, is the fun game that we yep. never n- knew if we were ever going to get a chance to play, which is <laughs> okay. where would Noah's song, where is oh, Noah's God. song potentially going to end up in the Sox prospects rankings? Is Oakland an answer or Kansas City? No, I know. I, I mean, if they if they don't pick him up, I don't know what they're doing, right? <laughs> like, why not? I mean, well, so here's – yeah, I mean, here's the thing with Song is, I, I, being completely honest, Rob, I wouldn't rank him yeah. because he's an older relief pitcher throwing low 90s who didn't pick who didn't pick up a ball for three years. Which, by the way, he could have. I know he was in the military. They don't ban baseballs from the base, <laughs> as far as I know. And, and I, I mean, it, it is what it is, right? Like, I just, how can you rank him? He 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 literally didn't throw a baseball for three years. So I, I just, I think you get him in. We see him whenever we see him, if that's camp next year or whatever. But, you know, I, I guess you've already talked about the fact that he got designated for assignment today. So yeah, so in case, in, case people, yeah, in case people don't understand, Noah's song was yeah. a, <laughs> I'm going to try to do this very quick. The He was in the Navy. Yeah. He gets drafted by the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. He's in uh, single A. The he Naval blo- Academy. Uh, Naval, Naval I'm, I'm sorry, Naval Academy. He's yeah. he's he yeah. he, he p- pitches for Lowell, and then he pitches for Team USA. He's really impressive. He blows everybody away. Mm-hmm. He's on the right track, but then he has to do his naval uh, service for three years, as you said, Chris. He doesn't pick up a baseball. He never throws off a mound. He never does anything. But then Rule 5 draft comes around. (laughs) Phillies take him. And in the Rule 5 draft, if you take a guy and you don't keep him on the major league roster, then you have to put him through waivers and ultimately send him back to the other team. So the Phillies take him. Dave Dombrowski, the big screw you to the Red Sox. Look at what I'm going to do. They maneuver. um, I don't even know how you say it, but they manipulate the system a little bit. Let's be honest. They did. I mean, he like didn't have a broken back. Well, for... let me let me jump in because because the thing is, he was on the IL for like a strained back or something for the exact same amount of time that Mikey Romero and the Red Sox system didn't play for the exact same purported injury. Yeah. So the amount of time he was out was not crazy. That said, I think what it is is the stupid thing was they put him on a mound the first day he was in Philly's camp. <laughs> So 
So maybe he did get hurt because that's maybe. the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life. Like, <laughs> no pitcher shows up on day one and throws off a mound. What are we doing? Three years off. But so, so, so the Phillies. So, the, so, anyway. so he finally has to be activated. So in the last couple of weeks, he's been going through the Philly system. They get him all the way up to AAA of like trying to hope that somewhere out of nowhere no. the guy's going to be blowing 96 yeah. and blow and, and actually being a viable no. spot on the major league roster no. that clearly wasn't the case got to yesterday where they had to make the decision it comes out today they had to put him through a, a designated for assignment now any team can claim him but that team has to keep him on the major league roster which as you say if you're the A's or the Royals why not? What do you have to lose? And, yeah. and, and it's the rest of this year right. and it's a month next year is what it turns what it essentially is. But if he does pass through waivers and no team does want to do that, then the Red Sox get him back and then that's where we start the progression all over. Yes. Um so but because of what he did in that first mm-hmm. year, especially in the team USA uh outing, sure. It was really, really intriguing. Um that's why I ask you because everyone loves yes. a good Noah 100%. song. One hundred percent. And and trust me, really, the amount of questions we've had on Noah Song, it's like a running gag on our podcast, Rob, that, that like we're oh yeah, here's this episode's Noah Song question. <laughs> and I get it. It's intriguing. It's a unique situation. I, I would leave him off the board until we see him and unless he's showing something different than what he's shown in his rehab assignments right now, like I probably would rank him, honestly, which is kind of crazy to say because he was in our top ten when he went off for his service. Well, um, he was incredible. I saw him twice with Lowell, and he was lights out. It was. It's really kind of too bad that he, you know, had to go for his mandatory two. It was two years, and then he was just sitting around waiting for his waiver for a year, which is, you know, hey, government bureaucracy, cool. Um, but <laughs> it, you know, it is what it is, and who knows? Who knows what happens? Maybe he gets it back in a year. Maybe he doesn't. But um, yeah, it's kind of a wild story. And and I remember talking to Nick Reed, the Lowell Spinners pitching coach, who had Kopech, mm-hmm. and he said, yeah. it, "Song had the best fastball he had seen since Kopech." Or you know, this, so that was that mm-hmm. gives you an idea. Uh, Chris, I'm going to leave you with this report that just came out. Um, mm-hmm. Rangers, and this is not Red Sox related, but it's big enough to mention. Rangers, Mets in agreement sure. on Max Scherzer trade pending his waiving no trade clause. Yeah, so there That's you go. Wild. Yeah, here we go. I mean, because I've been saying, look, because people are asking us, I'll, I'll make this quick, but people have been asking us, like, do you, you know, how can you buy? Da, 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 they're not a World Series contender. And I, my response has been, name me the AL team that's clearly, and I'm not saying like maybe arguably, clearly better than the Red Sox, especially if they add a starter. No, and, I, and I didn't the, see it, but like that's wild if they had. Yeah, well, that, that's and that's, that's what I've been saying intriguing. all along. I'm like yeah, exactly that, which is I think it'll be interesting who comes out of this trade deadline perceived as that way. But even then, there's no guarantees. Yep. And, and and the Rangers, 100%. the Rangers are like they're banged up. I mean, they're banged up, and so. But I knew that they were looking for a starter. Um, I knew that they have their. They also like they were had their eye on Paxton, which is a whole other conversation. But anyway, Chris, uh, do we have this his walkout music? Uh, is that a yes? All right, here we go. Jack it up. Oh, there we are. I'm back. All right. It's, it's just like you're in your backyard. God smacks your next door neighbor. It's amazing. So, all right. The great Chris Hadfield, SoxProspects.com. Chris, thanks so much, man. Hey, anytime, Rob. Take care, man. All right. All right. That is Chris Hadfield. A lot of good perspective. And if you ever want to check out exactly what was what when it comes to what Chris said, uh, offering insight that we're not going to get anywhere else. We're going to have this posted online, wei.com, the Odyssey app, the whole ball of wax. But big news, like we said, 
This is the trade deadline spectacular, so it seems fitting, only fitting, that we have at least a semblance of a trade, huge trade going down. Once again, Rangers-Mets in agreement on Max tra- uh, Scherzer trade, pending his waiving no trade clause. Uh, Andy Martino of SNY was reporting this. The deal is agreed upon, reports John Heyman of New York Post. Again, waiting for Scherzer to waive his no trade. All right, well, we got one more segment than the pregame show. I'm, listen, if you aren't going to listen to what we're talking about for the next whatever amount of time leading into the first pitch, then you just don't love the great game of ga- baseball. And who doesn't love the great game of baseball, right? Right, Brian? Right? Absolutely. All right, you don't sound convinced. You're still in your hockey. You're still like buying hockey tickets. I believe you. I believe you have been sold. I believe you have been wooed by this season, by this show. I mean, it's hard not to buy into the, you know, all jokes aside. I mean, it's hard not to buy into this team of what they've done in the last month. Right. I mean, a month, two months ago, you know, going into the season even, you know, they looked like such a middling team. And you just looked up and down the roster, and I feel like they had so many question marks about how is this guy going to pan out, how is that guy going to pan out. I feel like for the most part, a lot of the guys you had question marks about, whether it's Yoshida, Yoshida, Cassis, I'll throw yeah. Duvall and Turner in there because I just feel like you didn't really know what you were going to be getting out go, of those guys. Right, go down the list. It's, it's, it's best case. I mean, Alex Verdugo, I'll throw him in, especially what he was doing earlier on in the right. year. It's best case scenarios for all these guys, and that's what you needed to compete. And that's what you needed to get where you are. And, and also, we said it before, they're beating good teams, and that's, you cannot discount that. All right? We can also not discount taking a break right now. You have one more chance to weigh in the trade deadline. Spectacular 617-779-7937. We'll finish things off here before we get to the pregame show and that obviously leads into the great will fleming and lou merloni from san francisco be back after this from the rubenstein law studios 1-800-BOS-LEGAL this is weei new england sports original the bradford show on weei weei save us as a favorite on the odyssey app and take boston sports original everywhere you go Swinging a high fly into deep left center field. It's carrying well. It is back. It is gone. Tristan Casas does it again. Left-handers not named Barry Bonds do not do that in this ballpark. It's the Casas show by the Bay, and it's 2-0 Red Sox. All right, there you go. Great Will Fleming on the call. Tristan Casas uh, hits a long home run. He's been doing that a lot. Go down the numbers. Maybe the hottest hitter in baseball right now. A guy who we talked a little bit earlier. I talked to Ian Brown, downtown boots on the ground, Ian Brown of MLB.com, about his perspective of Tristan Casas and Yoshida in the rookie of the year race. And right now, our good friends at FanDuel, Yoshida is the guy, the favorite to win it all. Not too far behind him, Gunnar Henderson, shortstop for the Orioles. Not too far behind him, Josh Young of the Rangers. Tanner Bibby of the of the uh, of the of the Guardians. Yes, of course. Hunter Brown is following him, plus three thousand, and also at plus three thousand. So basically, basically the fifth guy on this list, on the Rookie of the Year list, is Tristan Casas. Um, so Tristan Casas. He is a guy who is the 
not right now perceived as the absolute rookie of the year, but he's making his way there. And I asked him, I, I thought I, I talked to him about rookie of the year. And I sure enough, there was. I did. Back in spring training, I had this conversation. What he thought about winning rookie of the year would mean. I felt like it's worthy to play for you. So that's exactly what this is going to do. I'm going to play for you, me sitting down with Tristan Cassis with the giving Tristan Cassis giving Tristan Cassis answers about a very, very pertinent question. So are you a goal guy? No. You're not. So when I talk about rookie of the year stuff, it doesn't hit home for you? No, that's not even on, really on my mind. Not on your radar? No. Okay. All right. So you have you never been a goal guy? No. Never been a goal guy. Ever? No. Why? I feel like uh, expectations are limitations and setting a goal um, has, a, has a ceiling. It's, it, there's, a, there's a roof to it. Um, I don't feel like my potential has any limit. So when I say, so going off that, if I say rookie of the year, well, why settle for rookie of the year when you can be MVP? That sort of thing, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I want to be a Hall of Famer, and being a Hall of Famer doesn't necessarily mean winning MVPs or rookie of the year. Right. So it's the overall package of it. It's the overall, okay, so it's the long haul. It's the long haul, yeah. yeah. All right. Is, did someone give you that advice, or have you just been always that way? Uh, I... I, I I can't pinpoint it to one person. I think I think it's a little bit of everybody because I, I, I am a little product of, of everybody that I come into contact with. But um, it's just common goal of uh, a common common. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a goal because I just said I don't goal, uh, goal set. Yeah. But uh, it's just a, a common mindset of, of waking up and, and and trying to just be the best that I can that day. Um, not try to get too ahead of myself and think uh, at the end of the road. But how can I maximize my potential for this little moment that I have and. Um, I feel like I maximize the most out of my days, which is all I can ask of myself. When you wake up in the morning, is that what you think? It's like, basically, you know, which is, a, you know, wouldn't be a bad, is when you wake up in the morning and say, okay, today, how can I be the absolute best I can be? That's that's all I try that's to accomplish. It. That's I, I put my two feet on the floor, and uh, I know what I need to do every day. I have a good routine. I know myself really well, and I just tell myself, let's go do it again. And then you do a thousand push-ups and sprint a forty-yard uh, dash. No, because I that that'd be living living for just today. I know there's gonna be a tomorrow, so I have to plan for tomorrow okay. as well. Okay, all right. That so that that'd be too killer on my body. So <laughs> all right, so I, I want to do that if today was my last day on Earth, but I know I'm gonna have tomorrow. So last day on Earth, you do a thousand push-ups. <laughs> I might, yeah. Okay. I might just to just to make sure I, I went out strong. All right. So what what is the thing you do first thing in the morning? Like this, do you just say? reset your and this isn't a cliche this is a real reality do you reset yourself and say okay new day here we go no the first thing that i do is wake up and i think i gotta go put the mushrooms and the peppers on the grill and then i'll go take a shower but while those are sauteing i'll get ready and then i'll come back and i'll make the eggs on them so the first thing i do before i go to the bathroom is put mushrooms and peppers on the on on the on the grill i take half a five hour energy so there you go okay cool (laughs) All right, so I, I went into this, Tristan, honestly asking this thing, are you want to be rookie of the year, but I think we got so much more. So it's good. Like, it's, I, I like it because it's a good perspective. I think people can learn from it. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> being a rookie of the year would be nice um, for sure. It, it would be a great accomplishment, especially with this class that we have coming in. But uh, that just, you know, that'd be the icing on the cake. I just want to go out there and play well. All right, thank you.
All right. If we aren't making T-shirts saying put the mushrooms and peppers on the grill, we aren't trying, Brian, right? I mean, I think that's going to be the next highest selling shirt behind baseballs and boring. Well, that, that goes without saying. Put the mushrooms. So the- is, he, is he talking about an omelet? Yeah. Is that what he meant? Okay. I think okay. so. I, I don't know if he was just having like grilled I gotta, mushrooms and peppers have, and then eggs on the side or what he was I doing I don't there. know how I let this slip. I don't know how I did not get this in the head of Will Fleming for that has to be a call. Put the mushrooms and peppers on the grill. Well, so if he homers tonight, oh. I think you got to send oh, him a text. Oh, you got to do that. I think you got to send him a text pregame and well, say, we'll be Fleming. talking with him on the, right. on the forthcoming there pregame show. Uh, Tristan Cass is always entertaining. This is why we want him to be good. Because he's 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 it a, gives us more. He's a funny interview, man. So um, a, from at Sox notes, this is crazy. MLB slugging leaders since the All Star break. Tristan Cassis is number one, but it's how much he's number one by, which is nuts. He has a one thousand one hundred thirty nine slugging percentage. Number two is Kyle Tucker at eight hundred forty eight. Eight hundred forty eight. Kyle Tucker, Wilmer Flores, Shohei Otani, Austin Riley, Rafi Devers is number six at seven seven five one one three nine. That's crazy. I'm glad you get a chance to listen to that interview. We'll play it again at the end of the pregame show. Again, a reminder of what's happening right now. Trade deadline is heating up. They knew they were doing the trade deadline spectacular and we needed a trade in Major League Baseball. Sure enough, Rangers and Mets on an agreement for a Max Scherzer trade pending his waiving the no trade clause, the highest paid player per year. Max Scherzer is about to get dealt to the Rangers. We're going to pick through that, but first we've got to take this break. Gresham Fourier. Jalen Brown, according to Shams Charania, signs his super max contract. He'll never live up to it. Never. He's not that good. He's good. He's not that good. Now, the whole kicking the ball out of bounds because you don't know how to dribble with your left hand. You know, Draymond Green saying, hey, all we have to do is force him left. You can't have a tell. You can't have a weak spot in your game if you're making $60 million a year. Did you miss something? Listen to the podcast on the Odyssey app or at WEEI.com. Gresham Fourier. Middays 10 to 2 on New England Sports Original. WEEI. WEEI. The Red Sox, 93.7 WEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Search and browse more privately. Download the free DuckDuckGo app today. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Baseball. Jack it up. Baseball. Yay, baseball. Brian, excellent job. You pitched a perfect game. Don't blow it now. All right. All right. This is Rob Bradford. This is the last segment heading into the pregame show. This has been the trade deadline spectacular, and it has been spectacular. It has been real and spectacular. By the way, someone on the text line, Brian, has a great comp for Casas's line about what he does when he wakes up. Oh, the peppers and uh, peppers mushrooms. And, yeah. yeah. Put, put, make sure they put the peppers and onions on the grill. The Ricky Bobby line. 
I wake up in the morning and I pee excellent. Oh, great one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, I didn't know where he was going at first with that. It was the first thing I wake up and I'm like, oh, God, put, where's he going with this put one? Put the peppers and mushrooms on the ground, baby. I don't know if that's the first thing I think of when waking up, but. I, I know. Mean, and I don't know if that's code either. So, <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, like we said, this is a trade spectacular, deadline spectacular. I want to thank everybody before I forget. Uh, we got a few more minutes, but I want to thank downtown boots on the ground. Ian Brown for calling in from San Francisco. His takeaway was Chris Sale, he believes, will start for the Red Sox probably around the 11th. Around the 11th, the way that things are shaping up, the the limited number of rehab games. So probably look at August 11th for Chris Sale. We had Chris Hatfield on from Sox Prospects. Excellent, excellent stuff. I thought it was very insightful about how he viewed Sedan Raphael because if you do trade Duval or you do, you do trade for Dugo, then is Raphael ready? He's tearing up AAA, but is he ready to step in? That's a great, great thought, uh, a great debate, and one which we want to have an educated opinion on, and that's why Chris Hatfield was there for us. So we appreciate that. Uh, thank to all the callers. It was a flurry of good calls as well in this trade deadline spectacular. And, of course, the big news in baseball right now, Max Scherzer deal from the Mets to the Rangers looks like is done, agreed upon, just pending his waiving of his no-trade clause. Now, if you remember, before last year, heading into the 2022 season, Scherzer signed a three-year $130 million deal with the Mets. So, obviously, we're going to have to figure out financially what's going to happen, who's going to be paying what. And we saw Max Scherzer come into Fenway, and it wasn't really representative of like the type of pitcher that he is. In that game, he gave out five runs in six innings. But in the games around that, in the game before against the Dodgers, he pitched seven innings, only gave up one hit. And in the game after... When he played against the Nationals, he pitched seven innings and only gave up one run. So it's not like the guy can't pitch anymore. And I do find this interesting about how the Rangers are approaching it. I was talking to some people in baseball yesterday. It was very clear what they needed. They wanted to draw back on Evaldi a little bit. They felt like you know they didn't want to take any chances with him. And then you have Haney, you have um, uh, Gray there. But they needed some other help. They, uh, their team, which I believe like they're two games up on Houston right now, they had been playing well coming out of the All-Star break, but they were banged up. They were really, really banged up. So we knew they were going to make a trade. And I, I give Chris Young, the new GM, a ton of credit because this is a guy who jumped the market for Aldis Chapman, gave up I thought was like nothing for a closer. For Kansas City, gave up a couple prospects, really weren't even prospects. Former first-round pick, who first-round pick in 2016, hadn't done anything. But you, you got Chapman, you got him early, and you took off, and you played really, really, really well. And next thing you know, you're you got in a really, really good spot right now. Like I said, they're 60 and 44. They're two games up on Houston. Like this is still tight, man. Everything's still tight. These teams, there's nobody here in the American League that can rest on their laurels. You have the Orioles who are a game and a half up on the Rays. You have the Rays who are only four games up in the wild card. You have the Blue Jays who are winning again. They're beating the Angels again. Oh, my goodness. How about that, though? The Angels, the all-in Angels, 
losing again to the Blue Jays. Not great. So you have that tight. You have the Twins just a game and a half up on the Guardians. You have the Rangers, as I said, two games up, five games up on the Angels. It's like none of these teams, none of these teams can just sit there and say, we're good, we're good. The only team that can really do that right now, the Braves. That's it. I mean, they're 10 games up in their division. They get nothing to worry about. But the Phillies are a half game up in the wild card. The Marlins are are the last team in the wild card. You have... The Reds, they're a half game out, both in the wild or the half game out in the central. The Cubs making a push now. They're four and a half games back in the division, three and a half back of the wild card. And then you have the Giants. You don't think they're playing for something tonight? Guess again. They're right now in the wild card, the third wild card, but three games back of the Dodgers and only a game up on the Diamondbacks. The point is, is that they everybody needs to understand that. There's a reason why the Rangers are making deals like this. There's a reason why you have to be aggressive. There's a reason why you have to keep getting guys and keep moving forward and not just say, hey, we're good. We'll be okay. You have to cover your bases at every step of the way. Now we look at Scherzer. Scherzer's being dealt by the Mets. Holy mackerel. I mean, like they've already dealt David Robertson. I don't think a lot of people thought Scherzer was going to get dealt. Now you have to look at Verlander. Is Verlander going to get dealt? You had this all-in team that are now completely, completely turning things over. It's incredible. I mean, you go back to the beginning of the year, holy mackerel. You had the Padres, you had the Mets, the feel-good stories of both teams, and now it's just a huge sad, sad trombone. The Padres six games back in the wild card. Uh, anyway, thanks to everybody. Brian Frizoko, excellent job, excellent job. I'm going to be doing the pregame show. That's coming up next where we get to talk more baseball. You know the deal. But it's been a great trade deadline spectacular. Hang on. Pre-game show's coming up. We'll see you later. W-E-E-I. 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 New England Sports Original. Original. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.